0: Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Henny makes it look very easy to stand here. It's, like, it's a lot of pressure. Um, so I really feel um, so honored uh, to be able to share. And um, I just added my heart this morning to, to just say thank you for each and every one of you. For, um, for discipling me in church. Every time you come to church and I stand here and I see you worship, it disciples me. It says, I'm not, I'm not wrong following Christ. Someone else is also convinced, like me. Um, to see your passion and dedication is so encouraging to my heart. So thank you for... For discipling. thank you for being here. Thank you for for doing the journey together and for being family. Um, so I am I'm gonna move the slides with my finger, so I'm gonna make like this, and then Jonathan's gonna help me, so I'm not having a stroke. Okay, <laughs> it's it's this how I do it. So, Jonathan, you can go to the next one. So this is my beautiful wife Yanni. and. Uh, my nine-month-old daughter, Elsa. She has more personality than that little body can contain. Um, and uh, yes, I'm, I'm so honored to, to have you. So we're going to read from the scripture um, in John 1, verse um, 35 to 51. It's a long passage. It's a story. And, um, and I want you to um, read with me, bear with me, it's, 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 um, it is a long piece of scripture, um, but it's profound. John 1, 35 to 51, He says, Next day, John, now just bear in mind, this is John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. He looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Two disciples heard him say this. And they followed Jesus. Be in mind, they followed him instead of John, right? Jesus turned and saw them following him and saying, uh, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, come, you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two heard John speak, followed Jesus, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother He first found his own brother, Simon, said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, or Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip. He said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew, and Peter. Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? He said, You will see greater things than these. He said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, angels of God descending and ascending on the Son of Man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you make us family. Thank you that we can be together as family today. I just can bring my words. I just can bring my this time before you. I say, Holy Spirit, come have your way. Um, I pray that your word will come alive and practical to us today. And um, yeah, we just open our hearts for what you want to do. Amen. All right. So, the first line, is discipleship, Um, it's a weird word. I don't know if you noticed it. I I promise that spelling is right. I checked it like a million times. Um, But just, I found discipleship is something we've heard over and over again. We are familiar with the term. We're familiar with actually the obligation that we should be doing it. And many, for many times, we actually have a desire for it. But I think in our community, in our context, Shofar Joburg, there's more a lack of understanding what it is and then how to actually apply it, how, how to um, receive it, but also how to give it. And so we're going to work through the following headings that... Sorry about that. So we're going to work through what it is or why, why we have to do it, what it is, and also how to do it. Before we do that, I just wanted to go back to those pictures. So these are four pictures just representing aspects of discipleship or discipleship. I just want you to, for one minute, turn two by two, not more than two, and just discuss what picture represents your experience of discipleship the best. Um, just think about it don't think too much about it and, uh, and just discuss it quickly okay so just a, a show of hands who, who picked the classroom okay 10% who, who picked the, um, the old woman teaching his son how to make shoes a lot, a lot of people. Who picked them? Um, uh, bri with friends? Yes, I like that. Yeah. Um, who picked the, the, the guy climbing a mountain all on his own? Okay, that's good, that's good. All right, um, awesome. I just want us to get, start to think, think about what it is and start thinking critically. I think none of them are wrong, but maybe let's look at Scripture and, uh, and see what they say. Um, let 's move to the next, so <clears throat> why discipleship um, and so the first point I just wanted to make is that it 's god 's idea. Um, if you look at scripture, what you just read who who was calling the disciples, who is initiating it? who invented this whole idea right? It was Jesus, it was the Son of God. he thought okay i 'm um, coming." Uh, I'm going to change the world. He has changed the world. And how am I going to do it? Discipleship. All right, so, and I think because it's God's idea, it's a good idea in the first place, right? But, um, but let's explore more. And it's always like that. You know, God's ideas have layers and layers of truth and goodness that we can explore. The next is a power to transform. I, I have this um, few pictures of a I always judge people preaching from movies. I mean, what? But uh, now I'm doing the same. But the point is, um, I'm sure you've all watched this movie. And the story is simple. It's this young boy who goes to a foreign country and he's beaten by a group of boys. And he's like, I can't defend myself. And so uh, a disciple maker finds him and says, I'll teach you. And he spends days... Hanging a coat on a pin. A very, uh, Eve thought, unuseful exercise. And one day he's like, I can't do this anymore. And then he, the teacher challenges him and he says he can actually fight. Right? He was transformed by the discipleship process. Right? And it's the same story. I want us to notice. Um, I see that it doesn't project very well. I've made some words red. So, so when, when the Scripture comes up, look for the red word, okay? <laughs> or the red words. It was Peter. I don't know if you've noticed Peter, but when he was first called, he was like a scared, cowardly fisherman. And, and, and he was transformed. Even more so when the Holy Spirit was poured out. But by the end... Um, we know Peter as the Apostle Peter, right? Who pretty much transformed the known world. And it's the power to transform. It's the tool the Lord has given us to effect change in our lives. I don't know about you, but I find it extremely difficult to change. And the Lord has given us this tool of discipleship. Um, and it affects and it, and it change. And the last point I just wanted to make is you're already being discipled. Just something very interesting. I mean, in the scripture, those two disciples—we think it's John because he always writes anonymously—and Andrew was following John. But what I just want to highlight is just four pictures that you're actually being discipled already. Um, The first one is, is media, and I put it first for a reason. I think we, we, ads, series sport, Um, all of this is teaching us what we ought to be, what we're supposed to be like, what we're supposed to desire. And it's discipling us. It's forming us. Um, Family, um, uh, uh, friends, especially in your teenage years, especially in varsity, work. It's been a massive shaping experience for me, work, uh, how to think, how to behave, What to know, what not to know. Um, And so, the point I'm trying to make is that whether you know it or like it, you're being discipled. So, why not spend time and thinking, what is my primary discipleship source? And what, because that will determine where we're heading, right? All right, let's move on to what is discipleship. And I. I um, have this slide. All of you understand? Can I can I move on? <laughs> so it looks like a few errors. Um, I I initially when 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 I think about discipleship, I think about um, like teaching people, people teaching me, walking together, um, and the discipleship call of Christ. About following him is more like in the background, like yeah, yeah, I know it, right? And um, the more I read scripture, and also speak to any, but <laughs> I I try to to separate it. I wanted to say, you know what, let's just talk about how we interact. And the more I realized it's inseparable. Your call to discipleship, the upward arrow, I realized. This morning, it should have been down, <laughs> it should have been facing down because Christ is discipling us. We're not discipling Christ, right? <laughs> but just bear that in mind. Um, our call to discipleship, personally, Christ's call is the first point. You can't not be saved, you can't not be following Christ and discipling people to be like Christ, right? but the other way is also true, right? We can't be discipled by Christ without discipling others. It's inseparable. Meaning, what is discipleship? Discipleship is firstly following Christ. It's It's a personal relationship, a personal devotion. Secondly, it's discipling others and others discipling you. And it is a unit and we need to see it as a unit um, hence the arrows I just wanted us to focus on the scripture now there's very few um, y'all. I just wanted to mention the it's they, um, they followed Christ and, uh, and uh, so maybe just go to the next point what is discipleship? I think again it was my knee jerk Um, initial view of it was something like mentorship. I felt I was discipled when someone calls me up and saying, can we have coffee once a week and we're going to discuss how your life is and how your Bible study is. And I want to just propose to you guys, yes, that is an aspect of discipleship. The more I read scripture, and speak to any, but... (laughs) The more I read scripture, I realize it's only a small aspect. I'm not gonna put a percentage to it, but it's a small aspect. Discipleship happens more in the group setting than the one on one. I want you to remember the scripture we read. It was John and Andrew was called and said they followed Christ. It wasn't Christ didn't call Andrew and said, you know what? I'm just going to disciple you, okay? Then you go, and then you disciple John, and then you go. No, it was a group. When the, when it was four—Nathaniel and Philip together—they followed Christ. And I and I really pray and hope for for this mind shift to happen in my heart, but also in our hearts, to realize the discipleship that happens when we're together, right? Um. So. A quick recap. Why discipleship? It's God's idea, power to transform. Um, and it's already happening. You can just as well do something about it. And then what is discipleship? It's the personal, vertical relationship first. But it's also more discipleship than mentorship. And mentorship, maybe I can just point, make this point more clear, is not wrong. It's actually very valuable. But it can't be the primary and main way of discipling, right? Because it's just not. So Jesus even called some of the disciples. Uh, but, I mean, I was thinking about scriptures, and I had to really think hard. But I was thinking maybe he took um, Peter and John up the mountain when he was transfigured. And there was maybe one or two times where he pulled John aside, right? But, Yeah. I think you get the point. You just read all over Scripture how groups was discipled by Christ. All right. How to be discipled. I'm going to slow down now because I think this is the important part. Um, Let's go to the first point. Come along. Sounds very simple. I think we've read it over and over again. Jesus says, what are you looking for? He said, "Come come and see. Nathaniel he said, come and see. Just come along. And um, I just want to propose something to you that it is almost, and I'm saying almost because God is ama- amazing. He can do it in any way. But it is almost impossible to grow and understand Scripture and become like Christ alone. It, <laughs> you need people to talk to you about Christ, to even process all the amazing teachings he give us on a daily, like on a weekly basis, right? What you experience in your daily life, I mean, you need to process it with fellow believers. You have to come along. I think come along more than that also means, you know, come and serve. I have been discipled packing chairs more than anywhere else. Sweeping a floor. I just want to say that discipleship happens when you make your hands dirty. When you're there. Like the action happens here. Encounters. I'm thinking um, missions. I'm thinking um, Sunday service, like um, uh, serving in church, serving in small group, um, facilitating small group. I, I can carry on, carry on. Like things are happening in this house. And I tell you, if you come along, you will be discipled. Um, and and it's in the practical, and it's in the in, uh, in seeing the spirit move, that that we experience that. And um, I just put this. Sorry, just go back to say. I just put this picture up, a picture of participate, right? Just participate. This is where it's happening. Um, then um, the next point is follow, right? So now Christ says, um, follow me. And um, it might seem a bit abstract, but maybe I can just make it a bit more clear. Um, Follow means, maybe in the simplest terms, is be willing to change. And I have those four pictures, that just proves the point, I'm not making this up, It's, it's written in the text, it says follow me, right? But I just put these few pictures up, Aspects of our lives, right? And I just want to make this point that I have experienced is when we journey on this discipleship path, we need to be able to change. We need to be willing to change. Aspects like money, like how do I spend my money? How do I spend my time? Like that fire just represents socializing for me, right? Um, but how how would it look like now that I'm actually imitating Christ? How does going for a bike ride look like? Yeah, does it mean I invite a brother with? I invite someone who's unsaved with? Um, so I just want to bring this to your attention that <laughs> following <laughs> means changing, and it's a bit of a counting the cost yeah, right? Um, and it's not... It's not everything. I don't know about you, but I want to change. I'm like Jesus changed me, and the more He's changed me, it's it's the fruit is way more than the cost I can ever give. So I just wanted to say, let's be excited about changing for a change. <laughs> um, but yeah, next point. Jesus said, He just didn't. He didn't just say follow. He said. Follow me, follow Jesus. And I think when we hear follow and we're not follow Jesus, we make two mistakes. And I and I think the first mistake is that we here follow the one who's discipling you blindly. Right? In that sense, we think following Means, if this person makes a mistake, this discipleship idea melts down. Because why is this person not exactly like Jesus? And I put this picture up. Um, like, I hope this is not too um, too geeky, you know. But if, if you had if you had science at school. You understand, it's not a circuit connected in series, right? Christ is our power source. You don't follow him through someone else, right? We're following side by side. We're connected in parallel. But just see that circuit, right? The parallel on the left. Okay, the left is what we want to be, right? The right is not. On the left, we we are connected to one another. This discipling happened to one, But it's eyes on Jesus. It's He is the example. He is the source. He is the blueprint. And even if the connection here gets it wrong sometimes, it's okay. Eyes on Jesus Yeah, right? I just want to put you to the next picture. Don't look for Wally in that picture. He's not there. I looked all day. <laughs> But I just want to bring this point practically. It's a bit like, where's Wally? It's a bit like, where's Jesus? It's finding Jesus in your fellow believer and saying, wow, I want to imitate that. It's not all the other people on the beach who's not Wally, and you're like, no, 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 no. I, will, I, I, can't, I can't learn anything from you. Like, you you too much not like Jesus that I can't follow. No. Eyes on Jesus. Let's look for him. Let's look for him in one another. And we imitate that. I just wanted to bring these complicated arrows again just to reinforce this thing. That so, Okay, now if we want to find, look for Christ in one another, there has to be a personal relationship, an upward relationship up vertical discipleship for you to actually recognize him, right? So, just wanted to make that point more clear. Let's go to the next slide. Second mistake. Second mistake when we hear follow and not follow Jesus. Now, this is me and my life goals, right? This is where I want to be. And I am thinking, um, just go to the next picture. You know what? It's a high mountain. I think Christ, mild and meek, will be a fantastic way to get there. He is a wonderful um, resource, (laughs) a form of transformation and a power to actually get me there. Like, why not? Come along, Jesus. Fantastic. You're serving my purposes 100%. And I just wanted to say... It's not. And I know this picture is cringe. I was wondering if I should put it in there, but but that's not the Jesus we're following. And we're not following, we're following Jesus. Just go to the next picture. This is him. It's like Nathaniel said you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He is the rider on the white horse. He is the risen king. He is the ruler god almighty i just want us to get this it's not mild and meek jesus we are serving it's not mild and meek jesus we're following i just love it like i mean the one that's calling on his life i'm like yes man he's the warrior jesus is not the one sitting back home waiting for the battle to be gone he's riding in front He's victorious, robed up in blood. Every time I read Revelation, which is actually called Revelation of Jesus, see who Christ is. You know, John couldn't even stand. He said, I want to die rather than looking at this Jesus that I serve. Just want to bring that across. Jesus is not serving our purposes. He's not a resource on a way to our goals. He is the goal, he is the destination. All right, and it's a glorious one. It's worth it. I promise you. Let's go to the next one. Sure, that can't be the next slide. Go back. You're right. Next. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I, you know what I didn't explain. The first four, few points. Right is how to be discipled. But I explain this all the unit, right? So don't be like... Oh. So how to be discipled, how to receive it at first, and I just want to mention a few points about how to actually give it, how to actually do it to others. Um, so yes, okay. So first principle of discipling others is first amongst equals. It might sound a bit funny, Let's just go to the Scripture. I want to just show you um, Andrew's approach, which is amazing. Okay? So now Andrew is convinced. He's like, I'm following Jesus. This is the Son of God. This is the Messiah we've been waiting for. Runs to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel asks him a fantastic question. All of Scripture says, Messiah is coming from um, Bethlehem. Now this guy is coming from Nazareth. Like doesn't make sense, right? What is my my approach being, right? I have a colleague. He asks me good questions like this. I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah, sure, okay, um, you know, good point, you know, or or I say, um, you know what? Just believe. It's not Andrew's. It's not Andrew's way. He says, firstly, I don't know. Like, I don't know, but. Come, come and see. Right? Come and see. It's a first among equals. It's not like I have all the answers. I just know who. And I just know where there's life. So just come along. Just come along. You will see. And, um, and I just want us to, to be encouraged by this, right? It's not being perfect, being fully educated, being, having it all together. It's by saying, just Come. I'm like you. I'm also asking the questions. But let's ask it together at least. Let's go find out for ourselves. And I think God is gracious enough. You know, God has enough reason to tell us, just believe. Like, like you don't even have the right to ask him a question. But you know what? He's so gracious. He's so kind that he says, come evaluate. Come see for yourself and then make up your mind. And I just think it's amazing. It's an amazing aspect of this Christ we're serving, that he's willing for us to come, to come and see, right? Next, in humility. I think I've touched on it before, but this is Andrew. He's coming to Nathaniel. Obviously, Nathaniel has been reading Scripture all day long, right? Even in that picture, he's sitting on the tree reading Scripture. He's obviously the, the more um, uh, well-read-up guy, but Andrew has something to teach him. I just, want to, I just want to bring this point across. And it's something that's been, the Lord has been working on my heart so much. Is anyone has something to teach you? Even the most immature Christian in your small group has something to give. And the way we do discipleship, but also receive it, is from the least of these, as well as the more mature. And I just wanted to bring it, so I'm bringing that to your attention, is that Nathaniel had something to learn from Andrew. Next. Come and see versus go and see. I think um, we make this mistake often. We're like, okay. Um, This boykey needs to learn how to intercede, right? So I'm going to tell him what intercession is about and then he better get himself to intercession, right? And I just think it's not the way Jesus did it. I just don't think it's the way Andrew did it. He didn't take Nathaniel's place under the tree and said, you go see for yourself. He said, come. And and I've just found it Extremely important in our disciple, in the way we disciple, is not to say go, to say come. I'm doing this. You want to do it with me, right? Do you want to learn how to intercede? Come. Come. Let's go to intercession. Let's learn, right? Let's learn how to hear the voice of God. You want to know how to prophesy? Come. Come to liberty. Come to encounters. Come to church. Come to the front and minister for people, right? Um, come and see, not go and see. There's this study um, from from the U.S. Just go to the next picture, um, and and it just says exactly that. It says even in the corporate, even in in the secular circles, it doesn't work to say say and send. You have to say and you have to show first, and then you support, and then you send. Um, just to drive that point home. Next slide. Through friendship. Okay, so Jesus turns around and says, what are you guys doing, like following me? And they say, we want to come where you stay. We want to see where you stay. Like, very funny question. And Jesus says, come and see. You know what? In our culture today, it is a very personal thing to bring someone into your home. Back then, even more, right? Jesus brought them into his personal space where he was staying, I don't know if it was camping away because yeah but it doesn't matter. I just want to make this point that that you can't disciple if you're not interested in this person you can't disciple if if you're not willing to embark a friendship journey and um, and it's it's like teaching without relationship right and um, and I just want to a challenge in that to say that the way Christ did it is, He said, "Come, let's do life together, and that will teach one another." And I just found small group to be a phenomenal way to do it. We get into one another's houses, and we do life together. Um, and I've, I've, I've just experienced tremendous discipleship just in that. This picture just. Explains a bit about friendship I think something we get wrong sometimes is that friendship is not like a romantic relationship where we're face to face into one another it's side by side it's shoulder to shoulder it's like saying you like fishing as well me too Like no way let's go fish together it's like you serve Christ as well let's serve him together shoulder to shoulder not face to face right um, bring the people in your circle of influence. Um, I always tell the guys in our small group, it's just the most amazing thing if you bring the colleague at work or the friend that you already have a relationship with. Because it's something like, I found life. Come. <laughs> Come and see. It's like, It's like, sometimes we think discipleship is going to the end of the earth, finding the most random people and getting them to Christ and then walking a the road with them and making them past this, right? And it's not wrong, but I feel there's so much we're missing by just not bringing the people that the Lord has already placed in our lives, that we are already friends with, we really have a trust relationship with, and just say, come, just come with. I'm finding life, you'll find it too, right? And it's the same way um, Nathaniel, uh, Philip went to find Nathaniel, Andrew went to find Peter, right? Okay, I've said a lot, sorry. There's more. <laughs> so just bear with me. Um, it's not projecting well, but that's back at the back, right? So I'm just asking, like, fine, this was in wherever, um, Nazareth or wherever, right? The slider. Um, Where's Christ today? How do I see him? How do I follow him? I, I mean, yeah, how does it work? And, and, and I, I just wanted to just go back to that. I put it in inverted commas because I just couldn't call Jesus invisible. He is just so visible. Like, but sure, let's just be basic for a second. You can't see him with these eyes, right? Okay, fine. Um, But how do we do it now that we can't see him? I just want to bring a few points across. The first is we want to look at this text. John writes here. He says, the next day... John the Baptist saw Jesus walking past and said, Behold the Lamb. The next day, um, he was in Bethsaida and um, he called Andrew. It says, uh, the two disciples, Andrew and, um, and John, stayed with him till the tenth hour. It might sound like, what are you even saying? This is a detailed witness account. This is not a story. The way stories were written in the time of Jesus was something like the mythology, the Greek mythology. It was never detailed accounts. It was never like, um, like today's stories, right? When you read a novel, it, it, it reads like this. This was unheard of. It never happened. Paper was too expensive, and it wasn't the style. Here we have John De Liberty giving us a detailed account saying, it happened here, and I was there, and it's true. And the reason he did that, and Matthew did it, and um, Peter via Mark, or whatever, was that you and me could also walk with Christ. He's saying, we walked with him, we saw this, and I wrote it down so that you can also see it. You can see exactly how Jesus did it. You can see it as a witness, an eyewitness account, not a made-up story, not a more or less uh, 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 um, a novel. You shouldn't just get the gist. He said, you can walk with him just as we have walked if you walk through Scripture. And I just want to say, Jesus is visible through his word. It's written by one author, the Holy Spirit, and he did it so well that we can know how Christ dwelt on earth when he was here by reading what was written, right? The next. Through others. Um, Just go to the next picture. Um, And the next. You guys heard Danny say this many times. But if you haven't, I'll tell the story again. Okay? These four guys were called the Inklings. And one of them is C.S. Lewis, right? Um... And we know he's a famous writer. And, um, and so they were four friends. Okay, oh, sometimes they say three, four, I don't know, but he always, also says four. And one guy died. His name is Charles. And so C.S. Lewis thought, okay, since we are three and not four anymore, I'll have more of Roger because, um, of Ronald, sorry, um, because we, um, yeah, I have more time with him, obviously, right? It's a simple math. And he found the opposite. And what it just means is that we bring something out of one another, right? A joke I bring brings something out of Rian that no one else can. And Rian brings something out of me that no one else can. How much more of Jesus, how much more can we experience, know, and see, and follow Jesus by valuing And learning from one another's revelation of him. Right? So the more we follow Christ together, the more we'll see him. Last thing. um, I want us to just focus on that scripture. He says to Nathaniel, truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see angels of God descending and ascending on the Son of Man. Let's go to the next picture. Undoubtedly, in any Jew's mind, he thought of the story of Jacob. Jacob was running away from his brother, laid his head on a rock, who knows why, and then he saw this vision. And he stood up, he said, God was in this place, and I didn't know it. And he called the place Bethel, which means house of God. Just notice in that scripture, Christ didn't say you'll see Jacob's vision. He says, you'll see angels descending on me. On me. Jesus is the ladder. Jesus is our Bethel. Jesus is our house of God in us, among us, right? He is our connection to heaven. He's our connection to the perfect image, right? And it's through his Holy Spirit. And... Um, Just go to that last diagram. Uh, I don't know if you recognize this, (laughs) but just nearly ate So, obviously, we see Jesus, we follow Jesus through the GPS, right? And we've we've explored this many times, but um, it's through his word. It's an eyewitness account. It's written by the Holy Spirit. It's through one another, and it's through his spirit. Last point, I promise. I know I took a lot. Um, just go more, Jonathan. Just go more. So, it has been very recent that the Lord has really cemented this thing in my heart. I realized very recently that you can read scripture and see yourself into either Christ, meaning Christ is raising the dead, Christ is preaching this, Christ is like um, walking on water. That's my example. That's how I should be. And maybe for the naive mind, it's inspirational. But for anyone who's done life a bit, it's crushing. That's an example that I can't attain. It's it's. If that's only an example, I could just as well give up. If that's only an example of how to be it, I'll either fall into misery or absolute moralism and pride. Right? And I've come to realize that Christ is first and foremost our Savior. I want you to just take you back to that scripture where john the baptist says behold the lamb of god when we say the lamb of god it means one thing right it's that lamb that was slaughtered in egypt when the angel of death passed across it was the substitute for the people christ is first and foremost our substitute and when it comes to discipleship it's exactly the same he is first and foremost our substitute. We don't perform it. We don't, like, deserve it out, right? Christ is our substitute for transformation, for changing, and also for discipling others. He does it through you. And I just want to bring this home, that Christ is our savior before he's an example and his example yes absolutely we took it as a blueprint what he did is our blueprint but we're not following a moralistic set of rules we're following a savior who is the who has the ability to change us from the inside out